Esteemed Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be at your presence again this morning. We pray, just like the psalmist prayed, that open my eyes that I may see the wonderful things in your law. We pray that you open the eyes of our heart and ears of our heart today so that we might see how loving you are as a father, how caring you are as a father. We pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, first, I would like to appreciate the leadership of Northbrook Bible Chapel <laughs> for giving me the opportunities to stand before you this morning to share my thought and to bring the word of God to us. <clears throat> um, I can say that um, I walked into North, Bible, North Brook Bible Chapel more than five years ago, and um, I wasn't the same person that entered into North Brook. I've grown, and I'm still growing. The word of God is real here. So if you're just like me, all you need to do is um, keep coming, read your Bible, ask questions, you know, and um, I pray that we'll all continue to grow in God's presence in Jesus' name. So um, this morning, um, like... Um, just like most of us, when um, we are lost in our thoughts, I was once lost in my thoughts, and um, <clears throat> it was um, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, verse 1. And um, <clears throat> Isaiah said that um, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. And I was like, Isaiah, King Uzziah, who is this king? I got stuck on that. And I wanted to know more about King Uzziah. And I can tell you that um, I learned a lot from the life of King Uzziah, which I would like to share with us this morning. Can we open our Bible to 2 Chronicles, chapter 26? So I will be reading quickly from verse 1 to the last verse, which is, um, I think, 23, yeah. Now, all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, and made him king in the place of his father, Amaziah. He, he built Helot and restored it to Judah. After the king lay down with his fathers, 
Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king and he reigned for 52 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Jechaliah of Jerusalem. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord in accordance with everything that his father, Amaziah, had done. He continued to seek God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding through the vision of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him successful. Now he went out and fought against the Philistines and broke down the wall of Gath, the wall of Jabne, and the wall of Hashdod. And he built cities in the area of Hashdod and among the Philistines. God helped him against the Philistines and against the Arabians who lived in the Gobal and the Munites. The Hamonites gave tribute to Uzziah and his fame extended to the border of Egypt, for it became very strong. Moreover, Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate, the valley gate, and at the corner buttress, and he fortified them. He also built towers in the wilderness and carved out many cisterns, for he had much livestock, both in the lowland and in the plain. He also had plowmen and vine dressers in the hill country and the fertile fields, for he loved the soil. Moreover, Uzziah had an army already for battle, which entered combat by divisions according to the number of their masters, recorded by Jael the scribe and Maziah the official under the direction of Hananiah, one of the king's officers. The total number of the heads of the household of valiant warriors was 2,600. Under their direction was an army of 307,500 who could wage war with great power to help the king against the enemy. Moreover, Uzziah, prepared for all the hammer shields, spears, helmets, body hammer, bowels, and sling stones. In Jerusalem, he made machines of war invented by skillful workmen to be on the towers and corners for the purpose of shooting arrows and great stones. So his fame spread far, for he was marvelously helped until he was strong. But when he became strong, his heart was so proud that he acted corruptly and he was untrue to the Lord for his God. Sorry, untrue to the Lord his God, for he entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. Then Azariah, the priest, entered after him and with him, Haiti priests of the Lord, valiant men. They, proposed, they opposed Uzziah, the king, and said to him, It is not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord. For the priests, the sons of Aaron, who have been consecrated to burn incense, <coughs> leave the sanctuary, for you have been untrue 
and will know and will have no honor from the Lord God. But Uzziah, with a censer in his hand for burning incense, was enraged. And while he was enraged, the priest, with the priest, leprosy broke out of his forehead in the presence of the priest. In the house of the Lord, beside the altar of incense. Azariah, the chief priest, and all the priests looked at him, and behold, it was leprous on his forehead, and they quickly removed him from there, and he himself also hurried to get out, because the Lord had stricken him. King Uzziah had leprosy to the day of his death. He lived in a separate house, afflicted as he was. He lived in a separate house, afflicted as he was with leprosy, for he was cut off from the house of the Lord, and his son Jotham was over the king's house, judging the people of the land. Now the rest of the heart of Uzziah, the first to the last, the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos. As written. So Uzziah lay down with his father, and they buried him with his father in the field of the grave, which belonged to the kings, for they said he had leprosy, and his son Jotham became king in his place. So <clears throat> this morning, we will, there is a lot from that passage without even saying anything. I believe we can pick a lot. It started well, but it doesn't seem like it ended well. So, first of all, I'm not sure that's a picture of Uzziah. That's what I I got that from the internet, and um, you know, it kind of fits in, you know, like. (laughs) So, Let's run a quick background of King Uzziah. He was 16 years old when he was crowned as the 10th king of the ancient kingdom of Judah. He reigned for about 52 years. His parents, his father's name is King Amaziah, and the mother's name is um, Jecoliah. Let's look at his achievements. So the first one is um, he rebuilt the town of Helat and restored it to Judah. With God's help, he was able to win battles and wars against the Philistines, Arab of God, and the Meunites. The Meunites paid tribute to him, and his fame spread even to Egypt, for he had become very powerful. With his love for husbandry, he promoted cattle raising and agriculture and built forth in the wilderness. He established a well-armed, well-trained, and strong military base, fortified and strengthened Jerusalem. He had fame that 
spread far and wide, for it was marvelously helped until it was strong. So what was the first lesson I learned from the life of King Uzziah? The first one is, um, it started with God. And um, <clears throat> the fact that um, he took over the throne as a young boy, I don't even know if I can call him a young boy at that age any longer, because um, 16 years old, and um, <clears throat> the weight of Judah is already on his shoulder at 16 years old. So there's a safe assumption from my side that it started with God at a very young age. I was with my father-in-law back in Nigeria and um, like some few years back and we, I love engaging him a lot. He's filled with wisdom. He's um, an handsome looking man. <laughs> and I'm not saying that because my wife is here, so he's handsome. <laughs> and um, we were talking, and we started talking about some event that took place in his life. And he, you know, is someone that keeps documenting. Like, is very, I don't know how to describe him now, very meticulous. So he ran into his room and he came out with um, a newspaper of like 1963 or something like that. And I'm like, wow. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he started showing me some of his siblings' achievements, how they won in national honor, all those things. And um, at some point, he told me that, you know what? I even don't know how I became eight years old. He said, I can still remember like vividly in my head what happened when I was 40 years old. And you know, he said it casually, but I didn't let that slide in me. <laughs> I almost had a sleepless night at home because um, it taught me how time can fly just like this. And um, in my struggle, trying to find meaning to what he said, I stumbled on a passage in the Bible. And this is it. Proverbs 12, chapter 12, from verses 1 to 7. So I prepared my studies in New Living Translation, like that's what I'm used to, but um, I discovered we don't have it in there as um, part of the list of the versions we have. So, it says, don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your creator. Honor him in your youth before you grow old and say, life is not pleasant anymore. Remember him before the light of the sun, moon, and stars is dim to your old eyes and rain 
clouds continually darken your sky. Another remember. Remember him before your legs, those strong legs. <laughs> the guards of your house start to tremble. And before your shoulders, the strong men stoop. You know, it, it wasn't like a probability. It was like a certainty. Those strong legs will soon become to tremble. Those wide shoulders will stoop. Remember him before your teeth, your few, your few remaining servants, stop grinding. And before your eyes, the woman looking through the windows <laughs> see dimly. Remember him before the door to life's opportunities is closed and the sound of work fades. Now you rise at the first shipping of the birds, but then all their sounds will grow faint. Remember him before you become fearful of falling and worry about danger in the streets. Before your hair turns white like an almond tree in bloom and uh, you drag along without energy like a dying grasshopper and the copperberry no longer inspires sexual desire. Remember him before you near the grave, your everlasting home, when the mourners will weep at your funeral. Yes, remember your creator now, while you are young, before the silver cord of life snaps and the golden bowl is broken. In other words, before death comes. Don't wait until the water jar is smashed at the spring and the pulley is broken at the well. For then the dust will return to the earth and the spirit will return to God who gave it. I was listening to um, a preacher during this week and um, he said something, time is short. But the good thing is, time is not hope. Time is very short. But if you can still hear me, if you can still see me, still have time. Don't wait till tomorrow. So Uzziah started with God. And one thing about this is, um, one thing that I enjoyed so much from this story is that um, God demonstrated how he backs his word if we act. So let's see what happened again to Uzziah. Verse 5 of, I'm very sorry, I hope you can see what is on there. Yeah, okay, so. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him successful. We all love success. I mean, it makes us feel good, you know. 
But there's a secret to success. Uzziah found it in his early years on this planet, and God demonstrated through his life that, you know what? If you hold on to that secret, I will play my own part. You play yours. The Bible says he continued to seek God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding through the vision of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him successful. To me, successful in that context is um, God glorified himself through him. And that was why he was able to achieve that much right from his young age. Another Bible verse that jumped to me when I was um, reading this passage is Proverbs 3 verse 5. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Just like how my brother used to say, <laughs> or do say, um, brother when you may say, the heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. I mean, it's a common, it's a common quote here. <laughs> Do not depend on your own understanding. There is a tendency for us to depend on our own understanding. I mean, we all go to school, you know. We've got something in here. And sometimes it pushes us. Like, you know what? Is that Bible in your hand? Oh my God, don't drink it to me, I don't. If you are like that, you are making a great mistake. The creator of heaven and earth made it easier for us by giving us a manual to live on this planet. And that's the Bible. That's his word. He says, do not depend on your own understanding. He said, seek his will in all you do. And it will show you which path to take. That's promise number one. If you do this, this is what I will do. If you trust in the Lord with all your heart, you do not depend on your own understanding, you seek his will in how you do, it will show you which path to take. Brethren, we are in a very, very dark world right now. We are in a world where the good is now evil, and the evil is now good. You know, not even good, they celebrate it as good. We all need the word of God to reaffirm us the will of God. It will show you which path to take. And um, I just shortened that to guidance and direction. And um, there is a popular, <clears throat> there is a popular, I think we had a memory verse like two years ago. Is it two or one year ago? Psalm 109 verse 115. Thy word is like a lamp unto my feet. Do we remember? Proverbs 14, verse 12 says, There is a way 
that seems right to a man, but the hand is the way of death. Our understanding, sometimes, if we rely on it, it picks away. That might not be the right way. God wants us to rely on him in all we do. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. <laughs> it can fail. I had that. It's not in the Bible that way. I had it. It can fail. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. That's another, that's another direction. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. And there's another promise to that. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Your word is a lamp to my feet and light to my path. Psalm 119, verse 105. So, Uzziah understood this in his years. And um, the Bible said, as long as he sought the Lord, as long as he continued to do that, God made him successful. Like, if you keep doing it, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to back up. And it's a lesson for us. In all we do, in our marriages, in our home, raising of kids, our education, our daily lives, in all we do, now, let's move to the next one, next lesson. I have four of them. Oh, for it was marvelously helped until it was strong. Marvelously. I love that word. We might still see it again. So. Now, for it was marvelously helped until it was strong. So, Verse 16 of Second Chronicles chapter 26 says, But when he had become powerful, he also became proud, which led to his downfall. Most of the time, <laughs> when we, like I heard from a preacher again, like it's easier for <laughs> a broken man to understand what God wants from him sometimes than an unbroken man. When you are strong, you know, sometimes when we are weak, we are very vulnerable, we listen, we are looking for solutions. But when we are strong, that lies the true test of our character. Zaya King Uzziah became very powerful NASB, that's um, American Standard, says he acted corruptly. Something corrupted his mind. So let's see how it happened. It says, but when he had become powerful, he also became proud, which led to his downfall. He sinned, okay? Sin, okay? So sin is now in the picture against the Lord is God by entering the sanctuary of the Lord's temple and personally burning incense on the incense altar. 
let's assume King Uzziah forgot what the rule is when it comes to the temple of God. He had the opportunity of the high priest, Azariah, running after him. King, you forgot something. And Azariah, the high priest, went in after him with 80 other priests of the Lord. Like, that's almost a full army. Like, king? <laughs> all brave men. You know, I, I believe all brave men had to be included because they had to find a very diplomatic way of calling his attention. Like, His Excellency, <laughs> I think you are wrong. Um, I'm not, sh- you know, I, sh- I don't think you should be doing this. But King Uzziah, they, okay, they said, they confronted King Uzziah and said, it is not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord. That is the work of the priest alone. The descendants of Aaron who are set apart for this work. Get out of this sanctuary, for you have sinned again. The Lord will not honor you for this. Uzziah, who was holding an incense burner, became furious. But as he was standing there, raging at the priest before the incense incense altar in the Lord's temple, leprosy suddenly broke out of his forehead. So before we proceed, (coughs) in Numbers... Chapter 18, verse 7. The high priest, they did the right thing. Because the part of instruction given to the high priest is that, but you, this is God talking to Aaron. Aaron was like the first priest, the first high priest. So, but you and your sons, the priest, must personally handle all the priestly rituals associated with the altar and with everything behind the inner curtain. I am giving you the priesthood as your special heritage of, special privilege of service. Any unauthorized person who comes too near the sanctuary will be put to death. So, I want to believe this is what they were reading to King Uzziah. But, nope. He became proud in his heart. And what, what do we have in the Bible concerning pride? Proverbs 16, verse 18, it's a popular one. It says, pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before a fall. Pride brings opposition <clears throat> and humility brings health. Most of the time, when we act in, you know, with pride in the presence of God, <laughs> What we are doing is we are opposing his like, who are you to give me that commandment? I know a better way. And you don't want to see the wrath of God. Nobody wants to see that. Pride brings opposition. Humility brings help. When you surrender yourself to him, you give all yourself to him. One of, our, one of my favorite verse when, um, during our ongoing Bible study is uh, when Jesus Christ was walking on the street and um, a beggar called him, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. 
Jesus paused. Like, who are you? You called me like you know me. He waited and he had mercy on him. Humility brings help. We have to be humble before him. He created us. He knows everything about us. It is in our humility that we understand him. So, if you are praying for me, or maybe I'm praying for you, we should all include one prayer, which is in Psalm 139, verse 23 to 24. It says, Search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. That's a good prayer. The Bible says the heart is very deceitful. Sometimes you don't even know what your heart is planning against you. Warren Wesby is a preacher. He's an American, I think. So he says, if God, if God puts something in my hand without first doing something to my heart, my character will lag behind my achievement. And that's the way to ruin. That's the way to destruction. This is the last I, have, I had four, and this is the last lesson. And it says, you know, it said, get out of the sanctuary for you have sinned. <laughs> what caught my attention here is the fact that he himself was eager to get out of the sanctuary. Like, okay, 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 I'm going to make it easier for you guys. He says, but as he was standing there raging at the priest, before the incense altar in Lord's temple, le leprosy suddenly broke out on his forehead. When Azariah the high priest and all the other priests saw the leprosy, they rushed him out, and the king himself was eager to get out before the Lord had struck him. So King Uzziah had leprosy until the day he died. He lived in isolation in a separate house, for he was excluded from the temple of God. He was excluded from God's presence. So he lived in isolation. His son, Jotham, was put in charge of the royal palace, and he governed the people of the land. And the king was eager, and the king himself was eager to get out and um, when I was going through that, something dropped in my mind. It looked like what happened in the Garden of Eden between God and Adam and Eve. Genesis chapter 3, verse 10. <laughs> that was when God asked Adam, where are you? Adam replied, I heard walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. One of the biggest, not even one, is the biggest problem of humanity 
is sin. God is just and holy, and we are sinful by default. Charles Stanley, one of my favorite, he says, God is responsible for the consequences of our obedience. But we are responsible for the consequences of our disobedience. So, before we judge King Uzziah in our heart, like, he should have known. Why will he do that? Let's see how we used to be. Now, to me, this is a good news because it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus Christ for me. Good news. What is good news? The news of salvation, liberation from sin, brokenness, and estrangement from God. It addresses the most serious problem that you and I have as human beings. And the problem, and the problem is simply this. God is holy and just, and we are not. He can't stand near sin. It is not, it's just impossible. And for Uzziah, King Uzziah, under the old covenant, that's the end of him. That's it. Done and dusted. That's it. As a matter of fact, the law says if, if you an unauthorized person in the temple will be struck to death. But this time around, it was leprosy. <laughs> and while I was reading why he didn't die, a scholar said even leprosy is tagged living death because you are not useful for anything you are isolated now this is whatever King Uzziah was we used to be that as well someone will say but you are not a king yes I'm not a king and I don't have any <laughs> root attached to a king or any kingdom. But I and King Uzziah share is we shared one thing in common. Like there's one thing in common we have together. And that's we have our root in Adam. And it is through Adam that sin entered the world. I've listened to that line so much <laughs> that anytime I say Guess who pops up in my head? Brother John Wealth is one of his favorites. Like, through Adam, sin entered the world. So, because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. That many includes you and I. But it's not finished. Because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. That's Romans chapter 5, verse 19. So by default, before you come to Christ, 
you are a sinner. <laughs> so I love how um, Ephesians chapter 2 went about it. It says, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. So, if you are wondering what went wrong with King Uzziah, it's in the next line. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. So, anytime it pops up in your mind, you know where the signal is coming from. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. But by our very nature, we are subject to God's hunger, just like everyone else. But God, <laughs> if, when I said, but God, one person came into my mind again, and that's Brother David McDonald. But God, but God. It's a popular one here if you come to Northbrook Bible Chapel. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much. That even though we were dead because of our sin, we were dead, like cut off from God's presence. He gave us life and he raised Christ from dead. When he raised Christ from dead, I mean. So it is only by God's grace that you and I have been saved. It has nothing to do with our work. It has nothing to do with our achievement. It has nothing to do with how intelligent we are. It is only by God's grace. And that's good news. If we go outside there, our board, our church board outside there has a message. John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And another verse that I love so much, I think in Romans, it says, if he can give his only son, you know, what else? What else can't he give to us? Can't he give to us? So, Romans 3, verse 23 to 24, he didn't even spare anyone. Like, there is no, maybe I'm part of it. He says, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet, God in his grace freely make us right in his sight. How? He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. Remember, under the old covenant, it is done for King Uzziah. But here we are under the new covenant. And let's see what Jesus did to keep us alive in his presence, in God's presence. Jesus Christ became three in one. For us, like, um, we must be very, very important to God. 
What? What are the three things? The first one is it became sin. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter five, verse twenty-one says, "For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him." First Peter chapter two, verse twenty-four says. He personally carried our sins in his body. He's not a sinner. <laughs> On the cross, so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, we are healed. So, spiritually, how the leprosy, you know, came up from King Uzziah's head. That's how we used to be. We are sick. But Jesus Christ healed us with his wound. And that's what that verse is talking about. We used to be isolated. We can't even near God. How dare you? And Second one is Jesus Christ became the sacrifice. He says in John chapter 1, verse 29, and um, that was John the Baptist talking there. He said, look, <laughs> the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The sin, the sacrifice, and now the last one. Coordinator like the coordinator of the new covenant. Coordinator is a popular word in Canada. You know. Everlasting high priest. It says in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 23 to 25, there were many priests under the old system, for death prevented them from remaining in office. But because Jesus lives forever, his priesthood lasts forever. Therefore, he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf, on our behalf. So, the high priest. The high priest played a significant role in the life of King Uzziah. Because they won him. They told him that it is not your place to go into the presence of God. Even though they themselves, they don't last forever. As a matter of fact, in the book of Hebrew, which I will you know, advise us to lay our hands on if we can, said they themselves need to do what they are doing for people, to do it to themselves, like, they have to atone for their own sins as well with the blood of the Lamb. So, when Jesus Christ becomes our high priest, what are the benefits to us? The first one is he mediates the new covenant. <laughs> you see, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 24, you have come to Jesus, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and people, and to, sprinkle, and to the sprinkled blood, which speaks of forgiveness 
instead of crying out for vengeance like the blood of Abel. Another one says, he pleads. Romans chapter 8, verse 34 says, Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us and is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Is the path to God, <laughs> not our good works. And that's the third one. John 14, verse 6. This is one of my favorites. It's so clear. Crystal clear. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you will know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. In conclusion... I saw this prologue from one of the books I picked up during the, um, I think, towards the end of the COVID period. We had some books at the kitchen side, and I picked one of them. And I loved the prologue so much that I had to write it down somewhere. <laughs> it says, Jesus is the heir of all things, the agency of creation, the radiance of excellence, and the exact representation of God's being. In short, he's no ordinary man. If you want to see Jesus, if you want to see God, you look at Jesus. If you want to hear God, you listen to Jesus. That looks like summary of Colossians 1 verse 15. The image of God is perfect in the humanness of Jesus. Jesus is the climax of God's faithful love and self-revelation. He is love supreme in word and work. There is no greater. He is the final word of God to human family and the embodiment of the new way to be human. Most critically, he is the means by which we enter into a renewed relationship with God. His pure and perfect cross-leading sacrifice for sin is the cure that saves us from the inevitable fruit of our mistrust and rebellion against God. The book is written by Charlie Peacock, New Way to Be Human, a provocative look at what it means to follow Jesus. So, here is my own conclusion. No matter how sincere and golden they look, our good works and achievements are not good enough to make us right with God. Jesus Christ made it clear to us in John chapter 14, verse 6. He is the way, truth, and life. No one can come to the Father except through him. Just as King Uzziah couldn't bypass the high priest to the presence of God, it is also impossible for us to bypass the supreme and everlasting high priest, which is Jesus Christ to the presence of God. It is our belief in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, born unto us, who walked on this heart like us, bruised and humiliated for our sin. He died and resurrected on the third day that we, <coughs> on the third day, that will move us from death to life. 
from condemnation to redemption, from slavery to sonship, from place of isolation and dejection to the presence of ever-loving God. Therefore, if you are still alive, just like I am, the time is now. Please, don't act like King Uzziah, who heard the voice of the high priest, but refused to obey them. We all see how he ended. God doesn't want us to end like that. He sent his only son to deliver us from the wages of sin, which is death. His son, our everlasting high priest, is calling you, is calling us today, like those priests. Please listen to his voice and move from the position of a desolated sinner to an ever joyous child of God. I will leave with the word of Jesus Christ in John chapter 5, verse 24. It says, I tell you the truth. This is the truth, telling us the truth. <laughs> Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already passed from death into life. We say, just believe. Believe in Jesus Christ. He loves you. He doesn't want you to perish. He paid a price on the cross of Calvary. He was humiliated because of us. He wanted us back into the presence of God. If you have done that, you're on the right path. If you are thinking about it, now is the time. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to learn from your word this morning. We pray that you teach us by yourself and you open our eyes of understanding to how gracious you are and how loving you are to us. We pray that you be with us this week and you help us to showcase who you are to people around us. All this we pray for in Jesus' name. Amen.